Praise be Jesus Christ. Slava Jesus Christ. Please be seated. Your daughter will be healed. Name the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. My Lord God and Savior, Jesus Christ, is a gracious God, a loving God. He takes care of us every moment that we exist. From us uh, existing in the mind of God from all eternity to the time that we were conceived in our mother's womb. My dear brothers and sisters, one of the strange things about life is um, it's so changeable. So um, I know in my own life, uh, I thought after I was ordained, I had been an assistant a while, and I would become a pastor in the Northeast somewhere. And that was not to take place. So anyway, I was assigned to a one, ch- one church for two weeks and way up in Mayapak, New York. And the priest there told me he had not had a vacation in 10 years. And he was going to take a vacation, and that was his vacation replacement. He gave me the keys and said, that's the front door and that's the back door. He says, the church is there. Now do your, do your duty. So anyway, that was the first time I'd been left alone with the whole Catholic church in my lap, you know. And uh, it was sort of a strange place, I thought, anyway. And uh, anyway, I went into the church to make a visit to Blessed Sacrament and ask God for help. And uh, I heard noise. And so I got, I was brave. I got up and I heard noise in the confessional. So I went over in the confessional and I opened the curtain back. It was a Rimsky church. And uh, there was a woman laying on the floor. I said, what are you doing there? I said, get out. Get out of here. Come out here and pray. Whatever the else prays. So she got out and she, she actually left the church. So a day or two later, she ran in the front door of the church, not the church, the rectory, and while she was running in the front door, I was running out the back door. I didn't know what was wrong with her. So I decided I'd get in the car and come back later. So you never know exactly what kind of crazy thing you're going to get wrapped up into. That's why you have to have confidence that God is protecting you. So I told somebody lately that, you know, every cell in your body is made from mud, clay. And every cell of your body is watched over by God. So he's there personally. But of course, as you're taught in this particular church, because we're all monks, the special 
place where God is, is, is in your heart. But he keeps you all moving and eating and functioning. And in your heart, you have to build a temple. And that's what you pray to. You pray, I know he's all over your body, he's everywhere, and filling, filling, and treasure of blessing and giver of life. But especially does he dwell in your heart like on a throne. So that's the most important place. And when your heart stops beating, you're dead. Isn't that interesting? Now, I was going into a store with our, my cohort the other night, and this guy was the knight of the road or something, and uh, he was yelling at me about who God was. I said, I prepared our prayer uh, at the royal office that we started every office. Heavenly King, Comforter, Spirit, Truth, Treasure, Blessing. Wherever and pray all things, giver of life. Come and dwell within us, cleanse us from our sins, save our souls, O gracious Lord. I said, that's who God is. He said, I believe it. He said, yeah, I believe it. So you better. I was cold. I wanted to get in the car and get warm. That's the God who takes care of us. Every, every little thing about us and is aware of us all the time. Now, the problem is that we are sort of... Uh, mean, you know. We're mean to God. We want to do what we want to do. We're egotists. But one of the things you want to do is save your life. You want to live. You better be good to God. He can pull the chain. And then you go back to dust. So we have uh, wonderful notions about who and what we are. We are nothing but clay in God's hands. Now, does he love us? Yes. Because he brought you here for a purpose. And you don't know that purpose. So, like in my case, I was in a parish about four years. And then I went down to see Cardinal Cook and I went to the military. I felt like I should fulfill my obligation. And uh, I went there. And he, he said, fine, I was in the military in two weeks. So it was sort of bright, and I had quite a few degrees. And so I walked off the street into the military, didn't know how to get the, put the uniform on properly, but somebody helped me with that. And I was an instant captain, talking about miracles. From the street to captain, Captain Chaplain Stanislaw. Interesting. Now we won't go on with that story anymore. Gradually you'll find out everything anyway. That's who we are. But anyway, the point of the whole thing is that God is constantly guarding you, watching over you, and even directing your destiny. You should always pray to him. Sometimes you want to tell God what you want. Ask him what he wants for you. Because he's going to get his way. And ultimately, he has the last word. So be good. Don't fear him, but be good to him like a loving child or servant. Because our relationship to God is to worship and to be a servant to him, to do his will. 
Now, if you always do the will of God, you're going to have a good conscience. If you don't do the will of God, you're going to have a bad conscience and you're not going to be happy. So some people are prone to habitual sins. It depresses them because they're not doing what God wants. But they won't say that. They try to justify their sins. So sometimes when people come to confession, they start out by telling you what all about their sin. Well, I don't, priests don't have to know all about your sin, just what your sin was. If he wants to say a few words to you, that's fine. But usually, he's heard confessions long enough and he got through a seminary and they spent an awful lot of time teaching about sin. Not so much time about virtue, though. It's interesting. Sort of the legalistic attitude of the church a little bit. So the priests know about sins. But they have to pray for you. So make the priest feel sorry for you. But don't tell him you didn't make a sin. You didn't think that was a sin. He's the guy that knows what sins are. And he'll tell you. The greatest sin is not mentioned too much. It's neglecting your relationship with God in prayer. Because we don't have time for that sometimes. And uh, so we want to go there. We want to do this. We want to play that game. We want to go visit here. We want to go shopping. All those things. And so, well, today, God, I want to say all my prayers. That very day, God may take you to heaven and judge you before the royal doors and see if you're going to get in or not. He says, well, getting the chicken for dinner, was that more important than saying your prayers this morning? Was the new car more important than loving God? Is finding a wife more important than uh, finding me in your heart? So this business about picking a wife. Maybe your God don't want you to have a wife. And then you marry her after a couple years, it's really bad. But you're married. And you gotta stick there with it. So if you got purgatory right around your neck. You should have prayed before you put your wife and see which one he wanted for you. Some men, he said, well, it has to flatter him. They say, well, I'm in love. You're not in love. You're in heat. Love is self-sacrifice. Love is not possessing the loved one as your possession. Now repeat that. Love is not possessing the loved one, the object of your love as your possession. It must always be a servant attitude. If it's not a servant attitude, the marriage is going to be difficult. So I used to marry a lot of people. That's my job. And the bishop told us when he sent us, I said, you don't have to marry anybody if you don't want to. And they'd call the bishop. They said, the church has to marry me. The church doesn't have to marry you. If the priest thinks you're trouble, he doesn't have to marry you. He has to follow his conscience. You don't have the right to be married in church. 
You told, yes, you should get married in church, yes, to a Catholic. But you want to marry, marry every dog and cat on the block? It's still good. To a Catholic. Maybe a Catholic can put up with you. Because they've been taught. Sacrifice. 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 Eventually, we have to give everything to God. We have to fall asleep in the Lord. That would be nice if you've been nice. Be difficult if you've been difficult. So, this girl, she wanted to plead, she says that bread should not go to the dogs. I don't know what she's got against dogs, I don't know. I like dogs. But he was telling her something else. The Lord was telling us in the gospel something else. Don't give all your treasure. Don't give all your time. Don't entertain yourself all the time. Why aren't you giving God the best that you can give him? But the Lord, at the end of the gospel, he forgives her. Because she's not too bright. She didn't learn her catechism. She didn't know her relationship with God. How do I establish my relationship with God? First of all, he establishes it with you. He's in the control seat. But you must go to him as a suppliant servant and spend quality time in prayer. In my parish in, the, in uh, Seattle, there was a new parish. I founded it and People weren't used to Byzantine Rite, and Byzantine Rite takes time to celebrate, and it takes it to be with God. And I said to some people, "So, well, can you, uh, can't you shorten it up? Then they're going to watch the football game or something." It's just stupid. I said, "Well, I'm going to tell you right now. Well, if you do not give quality time to God, why should He bother with you?" Even if you do give in quality, God, it's no guarantee. You have to die sanctified, filled with the life of God in your inmost being, through the gift of the sanctifying gifts, energies of God. So, I read the lives of all these fathers every day my spiritual reading, and I can't do what they do. They lived in the holes in the earth, they lived in the hollow trees, they, uh, they hung from rocks. I, I can't even walk down the block too quick. I'm not going to do those things. But I can be faithful to him in prayer and get out of bed, especially in the monastery, and make sure I'm there for the prayers. Don't be laying around feeling sorry for yourself. Well, this hurts or that hurts. Take your hurt and go and pray. Pain is the one common thing we all experience. When the smallest child, when it's born, the smallest baby, the oldest person, when they die all their life, there is some kind of pain. Sometimes it's emotional. Sometimes it's psychological. Sometimes it's physical. 
And we had doctors uh, in here today, the deacon, Gregory, and uh, he made his fortune, but she tells me he's a poor man, so I told him it's a sin to lie, but that's okay. He probably is poor because he raised all his kids. But anyway, the doctor had certain talents and he used them. Very bright man. But he's learning now, as he's older, that he's not in charge of the show. Because all along, his brightness got him on, in, in a good and happy path. He's happy, but he realizes that we grow old. We all grow old, and the pills and the doctors cannot take care of us. But we still go to them. There's always hope. We have hope. And you should have hope. You should preserve your life. Why? To serve God. So when you, uh, especially you young people, you know, you're thinking about you know, what you're going to do with your life, make sure you consult God first. Because what you're going to do may turn not turn out the way you thought it'd be. So you meet the perfect woman, you young gentleman. Oh, I'm in love. Well, God makes you in love because he wants babies. He's got to keep the world moving. But you know, first two years of marriage are very difficult. Learn that two wills in a marriage have to be one. Especially in our society, the women want to be the top dog. That's against the Bible. So they drive their husband away from them. I became my my uh, grandparents. I watched them. They were very. The whole family was very considerate to my grandfather. He was a patriarch. Uh, he didn't have an easy life. But he was a cheerful person. Funny thing, the only funeral I ever cried at was my grandfather's. I really felt when I lost him. My mom and dad, I had to sit, it was a hard job. I had to do their funeral. The bishop told me that was going to be the hardest job you're ever going to have as a priest in your life. It was hard. But it wasn't impossible. So, I think of them almost every day in my prayers. All these people, all the people you've met, your teachers, your parents, your priests, all have contributed to the formation of your personality. They're always praying it would bring a good influence on you so that you can do the will of God, rejoice in heaven for all eternity. The will of God is holy. We must learn it. We can't say, I didn't know it was wrong. The Holy Spirit will teach you right from wrong. And you very you knew very well what's right and wrong. Don't try to fool us. We were children once too. Now some of you have been very careful with your life as a gift from God, and you're going to do well. Some of you have been praying since you learned prayers at the knee of your mother. 
I still remember those prayers she taught me. Some of you have lately come to, to the church, but you're learning prayer, especially in this particular monastery. Prayer is the breath of the soul. The soul is the treasure of God. Pray and decorate that soul with beautiful jewels of holiness so that when your life on earth ends, you'll take his treasure that he made your beautiful soul into heaven. Name the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen.